You are listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast, and this is episode number 138. Hey there, friends. JC here. Welcome, welcome. If you are new, this is my real voice, and I can't change it. Sorry. You'll just have to get used to it like everybody else. Uh, I have been doing this for the past four years, and this is just what it is. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, this week is guest week as we move swiftly through season nine of the podcast. Every other week, we are doing a Bible study lesson with guests sharing their hearts with us in between. And so this week, right now, today, I am honored to share a conversation with the ever so talented and beautiful Katie Wrinkle. Now, Katie is currently a junior at Indiana Bible College, where she also sings worship and where she's good friends with some people that I really, really love deeply. And in this episode, Katie shares the difference between leading people into worship and singing. She also talks about what it means to have the honor of worship. And I know that you will be blessed by this. So let's not waste any more time hearing my voice. Here is episode number 138 that I am calling Honor of Worship with Katie Wrinkle. Hey guys, I'm JC. Are you ready for real conversations about faith, business, and life? Me too. This is the Hello Awesome Podcast, where I bring forth topics and truthful insights that will encourage you to make intentional choices and pursue God with your whole heart. Are you ready to say hello to the awesome blessings that God has for you? All right, let's do this. Hey, before we get into this episode, let me just share with you a couple of things some of my friends are doing. Over at Oneness Essentials, you can get handcrafted soap and beauty products that will make your skin fall in love with you again. Go to onenesssoapbiz.com and use our special code HELLO8 for 15% off your next order. Also, Jessica's Most Modest has some amazing clothing that you need in your wardrobe next season. Go to JessModest.com and use our code HelloAwesome for 15% off today. Years ago, when Summer Neal was asked to take over her church's social media, she didn't know where to start. She didn't know how to create content. She was not a professional photographer or videographer, and she didn't know a thing about how to connect people with online. Well, Summer does now, and she's eager to share that knowledge with you. The Social Pentecostal is a social media consulting company that seeks to empower the church to utilize social media effectively to reach the loss and to make heaven bigger by teaching social media's best practices to church leaders and creatives. The Social Media Pentecostal offers monthly online training through the Social Pentecostal community. Follow her on social media at the Social Pentecostal to learn tips and tricks for your church's social media management and content creation. God does not need professionals. He simply needs a willing vessel. Let the Social Pentecostal help you bring glory to God on social media, and together you can reach the lost and make heaven bigger. For more information, visit thesocialpentecostal.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Hello Awesome podcast. JC here. I am so very excited that you are back with me. We have an amazing conversation coming up. I am so grateful that Katie is joining me today. Katie, thank you for being on the podcast. It is such a pleasure. I finally met you face-to-face um, yes. recently during our Indiana trip. And that was a that was really a great surprise. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even <laughs> think about it um, at the time, but that was so cool. And uh, so for those who don't know you or know nothing about, you know, music ministry that you do or anything. Can you just share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Okay. Um, hi, I'm Katie Wrinkle. I am originally born and raised Leakesville, Mississippi, like these, probably the smallest town in America, I'm convinced. Um, just small town girl, um, local church, uh, grew up in a music family, like all my sisters sang, my mom played piano. Um, I kind of grew up in that environment, you know, sisters taught me how to harmonize. Like it, it was just like an atmosphere that it just cultivated like that love for music. Um, 
in me. And then obviously what I do to this day, like that, that started that all. And so, um, currently I am a junior at Indiana Bible college. Um, and of course there's a lot missing in growing up and then now at Indiana Bible college and we'll get more into that. But, um, I love music. It's my passion. I love leading worship. Um, I feel like God has ordered every step in my life, um, to let me be able to do this. And I hope I just get to do it for the rest of my life. So that's kind of who I am just a little bit and Mm. what I do currently. So, well, you know, we're big fans over here and (laughs) I really, I, you know, really hope you do do this for the rest of your life because you are very anointed and I don't just throw that word around. I I feel like sometimes we throw that word around like it's water, Um, but it is true. And, you know, when I was thinking about who to have on the podcast this season, um, you popped in my head and usually I have a list of possible guests and I kind of keep it to the side and I pray about it and I wait for opportunities or for the Lord to move me. And then I really felt the Lord to uh, impress upon me this topic of honor of worship. And I know this got you excited when we were planning this. So I would like for you to walk us through your musical journey. Like, when did that start? Um, I know this is probably going to sound crazy, but I did not step in front of like an audience or hold a mic literally until I was like 12 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, I was scared to death to like speak in front of people, to sing, to do anything that like drew attention to me. I feel like, yeah. so, um, but growing up, mind you, I had three older sisters who sang kind of in a group. They were like called the wrinkle sisters. It was so funny. Like, That's cause weird. they all sang, they harmonized, they were amazing. Um, but I was the fourth little sister and I, you know, there's three parts to harmony and I was the fourth one. <laughs> and so there really wasn't, I guess, a place for me. Mm-hmm. And I knew my sister, you know, in my mind, I was like, they're better than me. You know, I'll let them do it. Like I'm just watching them and I was a lot younger than them. And so, um, you know, I just watched them do it for so long. And I was like, like, I don't even know if I'm going to sing, but I knew I love singing, you know, by myself and in my room and in the car, like all these things, but I could never do it in front of people. Um, and I can't really tell you the exact moment, But when I started singing, probably around 12 or 13, um, it was just one thing after another. I just gained, you know, and when I say confidence, I, I'm meaning like a God confidence, absolute, Mm -hmm. not in any arrogant way, but like, I felt that it was right. It it was just a feeling like, okay, that wasn't so bad. I didn't faint. I didn't throw (laughs) up. Like (laughs) it wasn't that bad. And so but the more I did it, I started singing at, uh, growing up, my school had like a Christian, uh, like a P7 before P7 was P7. Um, like my school kind of had like that, um, for like young people, young Christians and stuff. And so I started singing at that, um, with a couple people from my church and it just transformed. Like people were like, Katie, like your voice is like beautiful. And I was like, like okay you're crazy but thank you (laughs) like my sisters are the singers like I'm good and so like the more I just kind of stepped into that and I'm gonna call it a calling because I absolutely feel that God has called me to this ministry Mm -hmm. and of course we'll talk more about in depth about the ministry but like the musical side of it I felt just like, like I couldn't speak in front of someone, but I could sing a song in front of someone. It, it was just like my own language. And yeah. so, and obviously that is how just me and God, that relationship with music is unlike any other. It's such like an intimate thing. And, you know, when I sing, I mean, I, if I need heaven to come down for myself, not for anyone else, but like, I know where that strength is. And so it's just when I sing, I feel it for myself. Like I, I am bringing myself into victory through God. Like I absolutely feel that. And so, and it is a strange 
like not everyone feels that way. And I understand that, but it is such a powerful tool that has just carried me through life in so many circumstances in life. So um, that's just kind of started. And, you know, I'm still on the journey, so (laughs) we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Well, I'm grateful that you shared that because I think it's too easy for people to assume those who lead worship just have this confidence out of nowhere, I guess, or that they don't have insecurities or they don't feel shy. Um, And I have found that the most shy people usually are the ones who are called to lead, (laughs) uh, especially in worship. And so it it got me thinking of, you know, oh, that's, you know, that's, those are my sisters are the singers, not me. And it kind of reminded me, I mean, I guess we can get a little (laughs) biblical here, but it reminded me of like David when they're like, oh yeah, when like, no, my brothers are the soldiers, not me. Right. And God's like, no, I need you because there's <laughs> yeah. something that like you have that they don't have. And it doesn't discount their strength, but it's just saying you are special. You're set apart. There's something special that I have for you. And so do you have like a specific moment where you realize that, I mean, you kind of alluded to it, but that worship was more than just a passion. Yes. Um so growing up um, in the church that I grew up in in Mississippi, um, the youth group that I was in just for some reason, and, and I noticed it across the whole board, you know, of like the youth or like my generation when we were like 12 to 16, probably, um, they were so passionate about serving and like wanting to be used and um taking piano lessons, taking voice lessons, wanting to be better at all of their skills and stuff. And so my youth group, like it got to where we were the worship leaders for my church. Like we did music Sundays, Wednesdays, like we were the music team. There was like no one else. Like that's what it came to. And so I think I stepped into it maybe as an obligation, you know, like, okay, they need singers. They need, they need a worship leader. Um, how can I help? And so obviously I was so nervous to like, there's something about stepping out and actually leading the song instead of singing the song, because there is a difference. Um, leading people into the throne room is something I will never take for granted. It is probably, it's such a high honor in my life. And so, um, but I didn't really notice it or I didn't realize how big of an honor it was at, you know, 14, 15. Um, but I knew I could just feel like when I'm singing, I feel like there's more like God, God can absolutely do anything in a service. And so faith would be so high in a service, but I was like, there's more here. And so no, we didn't really have a worship leader growing up. There was never like lingering in the spirit and, And just letting God like move and giving him the space. Now, I mean, we did, there were times, you know, preaching, I mean, altars would break out and we weren't afraid to worship, but it's like we, the culture of worship was not there yet. Like the, just like an unrestrained, like powerful move. And so Mm -hmm. I felt that at such a young age because I, I watched worship leaders from, you know, even IBC, which is such a cool full circle moment for me. Um, watching IBC worship leaders, Draylen Young, Kirsten Stigelman, like all yes. of these people that I watched growing up, Lindsay Bittler, mm-hmm. incredible singers, incredible worship leaders. And I was like, what, what are they doing that we're lacking? And I don't know. I just like, I almost studied them as worship leaders. And so when I got the chance to lead a song or, you know, anything like that, I just slowly but surely would like, lead a little part here or like, you know, pray a specific prayer. And it was such a slow progress though. It did not happen overnight. Like I was trembling with fear, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like step out and lead a song because I can sing a solo all day long, but to lead the song is a whole different world. And it takes much more consecration and, and just like that daily walk with God. And it is something I had to learn for myself. It wasn't something that I could hang off my mom's coattail with that's not how worship leading works 
because mm-hmm. um, people are going to spot fake from a mile away. And so you can get away with it probably for a little bit, but they're going to recognize a true, genuine worship leader. And so I think just that daily process, that month after month, year after year, I was like, this is what I want to do. And I, I knew God was calling me to hire. And so I was like, okay, God, like I will dedicate myself to this. Mm -hmm. And I even like, I remember maybe ninth grade or eighth grade going into ninth grade. I never turned back to soccer again. I remember like I played sports growing up, but I knew that soccer took me away from maybe some church services. And I felt, I absolutely felt by myself. No one told me, my mom didn't tell me to do it, but it was like, God, like I want to be a worship. I want to be a worship leader. I want to be a singer. I want to be used for your kingdom. And so I just ran after it and I've never stopped. (laughs) So, yeah. I mean, that is such an interesting you know, story because every church is different. And so not every church leads worship the same. And when you're so young and you're trying to, I mean, just figure yourself out who you are, (laughs) um, that's such a big responsibility to feel like it's on your shoulders. But when we are just thinking about him and focusing on him, obviously that makes it a little bit easier. But The fact that God obviously was leading you and placed it on your heart to kind of give up soccer um, in order to pursue something greater. I mean, that's really challenging because it there's that temptation there of just continue doing something that you're used to doing, you know. Right. So I think there are a lot of young people out there who... um, (laughs) had that same experience and they had to really look at their their life as like well you know what is important and um and not everybody has to give up something like that to follow the lord but the lord may need to you know lead you to giving up some things yeah when it comes to the phrase honor of worship to you, what does that mean? Um, for me, honor is just like, it's fulfilling that commitment that you have with God. Um, that's such like, it's such a big word. Like everything you do in life should reflect him. And so like, this is the one question where I was like, oh my word, like, I don't really answer this because it's, it is such a good question to ask people. Um, and I feel like they should be able to answer it probably better than me, but the, an honor of worship is it's a lifestyle. Um, I know you, we've heard it before. Um, worship is a lifestyle. It's not, you know, praise is a little different than worship, but, and worship is a deeper call to God. Praise is, you know, clapping your hands, raising your hands, lifting your voice, all of these things. Um, And it's very important and it ties into worship, but worship is what you do when no one's watching. And I feel like that ties directly back to an honor of worship. Um, We got to take it more seriously. I feel like, and, and people throw around worship like confetti, like, like it's nothing. And so this pat, these past couple years, I have felt a deeper, a a deeper call to that honor of worship. Um, Because as a worship leader, I don't know. It's just like, if I cannot lead myself, if I cannot lead myself into the presence of God with what I have, with my walk with God, with reading the Bible, reading his word, uh, fasting, dying to your flesh, all of these things that honor God, how am I going to stand before a congregation mm. and like help them do the same thing? I cannot do that. Right. Yeah. I almost, you feel like a fraud almost. Mm-hmm. And and I have been there, you know, if I'm being 100% honest, you know, cause growing up in church, you learn this routine, like, okay, well we raise our hands right here on this song. It is almost like an act if you're not careful. 
And so I have personally had to learn how to have that on my own, like not, I've kind of talked about it before, but just not writing off my, my family, you know, Mm -hmm. my leadership in life. I could not just ride on them for that. And so I had to figure it out for myself, but it is such a huge thing in your life, having that honor of worship, because it's not just singing. It's not just playing the piano. It's not just teaching Sunday school. It is an honor of worship. It is your lifestyle. It is what you do. I think the main point is what you do when no one's watching. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I mean, because it is true. I mean, anything can be worship, right? But it's it's what you do when no one is watching, when there are no cameras on you, (laughs) when you're not in church, um, in your home, you know, how you are with your family. And are you willing to worship God with all your heart in the shower? Or are you trying to just save it for Sunday? You know, Uh, because it should just be any time. Yeah, honor is a big word because it does have to do with your lifestyle. Everything that's attached to your person um, should be honoring God. And of course, we want to honor that that worship. Um, and you did say something about, you know, growing up and, you know, certain times when you have to raise your hand or you have to, right. you know, clap and it's can be a routine. And that kind of gets me into this next part that I was curious because I am not a young person anymore, but um, it's just weird being um, an adult and I have friends all ages. And so I hear things from all different generations and you start to kind of notice that there is some older generation, I should say, um, that kind of have this like attitude towards the younger generation. And even when it comes to like our worship and our praise, it can be a critical spirit, if I'm going to be honest. Um, So do you think that it's really easy for, for those of us um, who are in ministry nowadays to fall into treating worship as like a stepping stone to being church famous? Like, is there, is there this like mindset that you have noticed that tries to pull you into that idea of being church famous and you feel like you have to like resist that? Or maybe you haven't struggled with that, but is this something that you have seen? Absolutely. Um, I, I think that's the big question nowadays. That's the big topic, you know, um, because apostolic music is taking over and I'm not mad about it. I think it is so incredible that we have apostolic artists that are releasing music of just pure truth and apostolic truth. And so I am so happy. I have close friends who are those apostolic artists. And so, um, but I think we do need to be careful when, okay, let me back up our generation. And, and I mean like from 30 down to probably 20, like in that generation, um, technology is like second nature to us. We don't know, We don't really remember what it was like truly to not have our phones or not have our laptops and not have all of this technology, like cameras yeah. in churches, live stream, all of these things that we really didn't have back in the day. Mm-hmm. And so, and I remember I am old enough to remember when none of that was, I remember the first iPhone. I remember the Blackberry. Like I mm-hmm. remember the flip, the Nokia. Like yeah. I am that last. I feel like that remembers all that. Yeah. And so, um, people videoing worship services, it going viral, all of these Instagram, you're, you have a, it's way easier to find people. It's way easier to look them up and, and support them and share and go viral. And, you know, millions of people are watching you. Um, but I do think it is a, it's becoming a problem when we are so, we're more worried about how many likes we're getting on our singing videos, um, how many people are watching our worship services, how many people, you know, you know what I mean? Like 
Yeah. It is because a problem when we think that replaces how God's moving in these services and what God is wanting to do. Um, and, and I will say all of these things are not bad at all because, you know, I've seen the reach that it's, um, that it's did in churches and communities and, and IBC for one, like a great example, we have touched people in Australia. Like, I mean, just crazy Mm. things. Your mind can't even fathom what technology can do, but it's like, people all over the world have heard these songs and and heard us sing and stuff. And it is such an incredible honor. But when we think that it's like, Oh, I got to sing this really good because people in Africa are listening. Okay. That's when it becomes the problem and you are Mm. thinking of it in the wrong mindset. And so I won't say I've personally, um, like dealt with the whole church famous thing, because I really just think, my personal belief is just like, you're doing what you need to be doing and God's going to do the rest. And if he chooses to elevate you, handle it with care. Like you have to be vigilant and you have to be guarded uh, spiritually for these things. Um, And God has blessed me and gave me so many opportunities. I could have never imagined for myself, but I have always, 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 because I never want to go to that place of, Oh, am I church famous now? Or am I, am I this, this, and that? I never want to really battle with that. And so I always try as soon as I get off the platform, I'm like, thank you, God. Like, I don't know how I did that, but I, like, I know it's you. And so I always try and just like the whole point of exalting is like giving it to him. So you don't have to handle it. It was never meant for us to bear. And so you know, we were never meant to sit on the throne of our hearts. Like it, that place is not for us. And so when we give it to the rightful owner, everything falls back into line. And so I will say this, Taylor Fish preached an incredible message. I don't know if y'all have heard it, but it is the ministry of worms. And that has changed my life. I actually have a little worm that he was like throwing out of the buckets during his message. And I have it with me. Um, like I have it in my room setting up and it reminds me every day that this ministry is not about me. And the day that I choose to believe that is the day that it's no longer a ministry. It's, it's just a self inflicted like job, I guess. And so I never, ever want to get to the point where it is about me or, or what I look like, what I sound like, because quite frankly, right now, like my whole objective is literally leading people to a place where I've been before, where I I got victory. And so it's like, I know you can get there. Like, it's like, I'm a cheerleader. (laughs) That's what I feel like sometimes because I'm like, you can do it. God is literally for you. He's behind you. He goes before you. Um, he is around you at all times, even when you can't see him, even when you can't feel him, he is fighting for you. And you may not even see things for a couple years, but things are working for your good. And yeah. so that is just, it, it's such a high honor to lead people into worship and, and to encourage them and to build their faith because, you know, that's the church's job. We are to build each other up. And, um, yeah, I just think the church famous thing has gone a little too far um, because that's not our job. That's that's not the purpose of ministry. That's not the purpose of singing and leading worship and playing piano. Um, God wants you to perfect your skill. I, I truly believe that. I think we should hone in on our craft and work at it, but it is not about us. Yeah, well, that's that. a- <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was really good, Katie. It really was. And I mean... There's a lot of wisdom in what you said, and I can tell that the Lord has worked with you through this, which is one of the reasons why I believe he, you know, gave me this topic. It kind of, um, I mean, I just keep going back to, you know, David, you know, he was a worship leader. Saul actually wanted David to lead him into worship. And then Saul got jealous when it wasn't about him. And so I, yep. when I started thinking about church famous, I was like, that's a Saul mindset right there. When you start thinking 
It's yep. all about you, but he's called us to be David's, you know? Um, and so, yep. yeah, I think it is difficult. Technology is, um, hard to balance sometimes. Um, when things go viral, like you said, you know, the videos going around and people are talking about it. I think we do have to make sure that we're talking to our young people about this, um, that it is important for us to have our hearts right and our minds right when we are worshiping, especially when we're leading others in worship and that it's not, it's not like the Katie show or the JC show. You know what I mean? Like when we're up there or it's, it's not like our, our own concert. <laughs> um, right. And it could feel that way. But I think what it boils down to is as you were talking, you didn't say the word, but it was, you were referring to like gratitude when you're like, Lord, thank you for the opportunity that I have. I mean, just being grateful. And I think that has to come from Absolutely. a place of humility. Um, and that's hard to have because I think it's so easy when we're good at something to be proud of it and pride, right. like being proud of it is not necessarily a bad thing unless you um, put it before, you know, thanking God and being grateful. Um, Absolutely. And I think it's just come from seeing so many it's sad, but seeing so many of the people I looked up to, um, letting that get to their head a little bit mm-hmm. and not turn back to thank God for it. And it, it did turn into, oh, yeah, this is what I'm good at. And, you know, like I'm the best at what I do. It did become that mindset. And, you know, they fell under the pressure and, you know, awful things happened. And so, you know, and now they're not even in ministry. And so I think that also encouraged me to, I just never wanted to be that and, and let that happen to me because I've seen what it's did to people that I loved and uh, many friends. And so that that's always encouraged me to, to always turn back to him in gratitude for sure. Mm -hmm. So how can young people have that honor for worship? What is like, I shouldn't say the key because there's not one thing, but how can we have that honor for worship? I think we kind of touched base on a little bit, Um, Mm. but you will have to lay down things. Yeah. You will have to sacrifice something. And it goes back, you know, Old Testament because they brought their sacrifice. God accepted it. Then they kept going through, um, the tabernacle, but like you have to lay down something for God. And, and I don't mean that in a negative way, really, because for me, you know, that was soccer. That was some friends that was, you know, little things, but like at the time they were huge things, but looking back, I thank God for saving me and and just removing me from certain situations because God's way is always the easiest way. And so once we learn that our lives will go so much smoother mm-hmm. and I, I wish my, you know, 11, 12 year old self kind of knew that now um, because he did protect me a lot because from a young age, like I, I felt like I heard his voice and I, I, I felt the nudge, you know, not that it was like an audible voice, but it was, it was just that nudge. And if you have God's spirit in you, that nudge or that gut feeling that you feel is usually the Holy Ghost trying to tell you something. And so I feel like um, removing things that hinder that communication with God is what is, you know, like the key um, because that falls under so much. Um, keeping up your prayer life, keeping the word of God alive in your life. Um, also sacrificing as in fasting, as in, you know, getting off Instagram sometimes, maybe not hanging out with a certain group of people that bring you down or, or make you have thoughts that aren't godly or, you know, certain things like that. Like your friend group is probably what's going to give you your reputation. And so please, I just encourage so many people to really think about it. Know your crowd, know who you're with. Um, and it's just, 
I think it just goes back to, you know, the lower you are, the higher he is. And so when you're sacrificing little, I mean, God, it doesn't go unnoticed. And Mm -hmm. so when you're sacrificing, you know, bigger little things to you where you are in life right now, um, two years down the road, you will look back and thank God for it. I don't know one person who has regretted laying things down for God because he's probably restored it two times over in, in ways you probably didn't realize he would, but he's given you something better. And so when you lay down what you have, God is going to fulfill his promise and, and give you back, you know, tenfold. So um, I absolutely believe that, you know, these young people nowadays, they are in a world that I do not recognize. Like yeah. it is crazy out there right now and um I know I'm not like that much older than you know the 16 year olds but I am old enough to see how crazy this world has gotten and Mm -hmm. so if they just continue to stay low as in not exalting themselves and not feeling like they are the ones that are the best and they're doing all the amazing things nowadays and Mm. you know all of these and get to your head if you are continuing continuing to decrease God you know there's no other choice but God to be increased in your life and so it just makes things better it makes things easier for you um you will notice life goes a little bit smoother now life is not perfect life is still life but I would rather be under the protection of God and under just that covenant with him than without him and so um, yeah that's what I would probably say to the young people. Yeah. So listen up out there. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's true. Everything that you said is true. It is a whole different world out there. Lord, you know. And um, I think when the world is already haughty and the world does not have humility and the world right. is lathered with pride and then some for the church to match that would be a dangerous game and especially when we're talking about our music and worship we need to be set apart and so we can't reflect the music in this world or even the singers or the you know leaders in this world we can't be like that we have to be set apart um and there are people looking for a difference they're searching, but they're not sure what they're searching for. So right. when they come to your church and they see you lead worship, um, they should see a difference. It And, and, and they will yes. know the difference, too, if you allow the Holy Ghost to move through you. Um, so for you personally, I mean, are there some things that you do? Um, often to keep your head right and to prepare yourself before singing for a service? Um, I think the it's, it may be cliche and I'm sure it is, but the whole story about um, I think it's like saving your pennies for a rainy day or whatever, like mm-hmm. you, you depositing stuff, but you can't use it yet. Cause you know, it's rainy or whatever, but you keep depositing it even when you can't use it yet hear me out. So you're not leading worship, but by the time Sunday comes, because you have deposited prayer Monday, prayer Tuesday, you know, fasting on Wednesday, uh, that continuous reading of your, of the word and soaking in his word and, and getting messages for certain songs and, and you're filling out the service by the time Sunday comes, you are absolutely prepared to take on whatever God wants to do. You're, you are a willing vessel for that service. And so you can't just expect to be like warmed up and ready to go on Sunday. If you have not did anything during the week to prepare for it, I can't imagine a pastor not studying or not preparing for his message. And, and, you know, some people can, that's a little crazy, but for the most part, the 98% of the world, like that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. And so I think it goes back to that true, genuine heart of worship and well, honor of worship now. Like I love that, that statement now. And so it just goes back to what 
you're doing when no one's watching, how many, you know, and, and I'm not pressuring people. I'm not saying you have to pray 40 hours a week. You know, that is, um, that, that is not for everyone. <laughs> That's a high bar. And so, yeah. and so, you know, don't set yourself up for failure, but right. if you can just get two minutes of prayer, two minutes of Bible reading, something, you need to get something in your spirit for the day or else, you know, the world, the world is always waiting there. The enemy is always waiting for you to slip and fall and for him to slide in and, and maybe make you doubt, make you fear, um, tempt you in any way possible. And so when I, when you figure out the full like level of leading worship, it just changes your whole mindset because you know, you're going to get battled. You know, the enemy is going to want to battle you because music is such a powerful tool of worship. It is, you know, back in the, um, like Bible days, like the music went first. And I think that is such an incredible, um, just analogy of like how powerful it is. It is a weapon. Your yeah. worship, your daily consecration to God is a weapon against the enemy. And so once we realize that, um, it just changes your entire like life and your point of view of, uh, leading worship and what we do in the church. And so I just always try to keep in mind, like, I'm not going to be prepared to lead worship Sunday. If Monday, Tuesday through Friday, I've went out with friends, not taken time for God. I didn't go to prayer meeting. I didn't do the little things that I know are going to make me feel more secure and, and, have that confirmation uh, of God's approval because anointing alone is not approval anointing. It's just so many people can be anointed, but having the true approval of God is what matters. And so I just, I want to know when I get up there to lead that I have God's approval, not just his anointing, because I know he, I know his anointing is on my life. I feel it. But I never, it's so easy to take it for granted. And so I never want to take it for granted. And so I just, I just try my best to, you know, Monday through Friday, that's what matters. And so Monday through Saturday, actually. <laughs> I love that. It is true. I think a lot of people are seeking after that anointing, um, yeah. thinking that that's exactly what it is. It's an approval from the Lord. Right. Um but that's that's different than favor, right? Um, and I think what you were saying um, is just so important. Um, what you invest in, that's what you're going to get. And um, I'm sure I wrote in one of my books about that. Um, you know, if you're like a sponge and you pour orange juice and you get squeezed, grape juice isn't going to come out of it. So... It's like what you are listening to throughout the week. Are you entertaining yourself with ungodly things that it's going to make it hard for you to feel the presence of God when it's time for you to lead worship? Um, and that was yeah. something that the Lord, now I'm not a worship leader, um, but I uh, am part of the choir and I have done solos. Um, and so, you know, that was something the Lord had placed on my heart Um with just entertainment, you know, and, and we don't have to get into that because the whole okay. other podcast I'll have you on for probably. <laughs> but like, um, there was something that I was watching, like this was years and years, and years ago that the Lord really checked my heart and, and was saying, you know, a woman, a woman of God wouldn't watch this. And he said that to me and I was like, whoa, okay. Um, that right. was a big deal. And that was also because we are, whether we like it or not, we have the power of influence. Um, we are influencing people, whether we really want to or not. It's not really up to us. We're just here and we have people in our lives and we are connected to each other, whether we want to be or not. And so how we, how we are throughout the week, it's going to come out in some form. And so, um, so I, I appreciate what you said. And, you know, I would like you to maybe give more advice. Um, what if someone is feeling really disconnected from God when they worship? They can't quite 
maybe get past this like mindset or this block, whatever it is, um, what advice would you give somebody if they're struggling with that? I think I would start with the fact that just because you are not bawling your eyeballs out and just because you are not just trembling with awe because of God's presence and you feel like you can't feel it, that does not indicate your relationship with God. There are seasons that we go through and some seasons are not from the enemy. I feel like I need to say that because (laughs) a lot of people think that every trial that we go through is like just the enemy's just working overtime on us. And it's not some things God puts us through um, to shape us, to mold us, um, to make us see a different point of view, um, to help us maybe understand him a little more. And so if you are feeling disconnected from God, first thing is first, like, don't try and think of, oh, well, what am I doing wrong? Because I feel like that's where a lot of people start having, and I use this very lightly, but a pity party. And so please don't fall into the temptation of like, because that's what the enemy wants is when we feel disconnected from God, we're like, oh, I did something wrong. Like, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. Something, something's off. And sometimes it is. And it's a good self-reflection to think about. But truly, God, no matter what we are going through, we're feeling disconnected. We're feeling just kind of lonely. We're feeling um, insecure about some things. God is still worthy. God did not change. We may have changed. Our our perception may have changed. Our attitude may have changed. But God is consistent. God never changes. And God is still there, whether you feel him in that moment or not. Maybe he's wanting to see if you are still going to worship through this trial. Maybe he's he's wanting to see you. He's watching you. And so I never want to be, I guess I word it like this. I, I don't ever want to be a disappointment to God. And I never want to him to look down and be like, Oh man, I, I I for sure thought she was going to keep worshiping me through this trial. But, you know, you know, I let the enemy speak into my mind. I let all these things, you know, worry and stress and get me down. But, um, if you are feeling disconnected, do not stop worshiping. No, or do what you know to do. And if that's, You keep raising your hands during worship service, even if you don't feel him. You keep fasting and sacrificing because it's going, God is going to honor that. And so um, I think uh, an elder or well, a mentor in my life has told me this before, and I'm sure you've heard it, but um, go back to the last thing God told you. And that, that statement alone has carried me. And just held me up in times I did not know how I was going to keep going because, you know, we get confused about God's will. And and truly, it's very simple, but it's so much easier said than done because I can say all day long, oh, I trust God. Um, I know he's going to make a way for me. I know that, you know, his plans are higher than mine. and, and, And I trust that. But when you're faced with, you know, the next day you know, your school bills do, and you don't know how you're going to pay it or parents don't know where their next meal is going to come from. Crazy things like that, that has happened to people, you know, that I personally knew, or it's happened to me personally. I did not quit doing what I knew to do. I did not quit worshiping him in my daily walk with him. Uh, when no one was looking, you know, everything is tying back to the honor of God. And I love that Yeah, <laughs> because that is our, that's the root. That is the source of how we're going to make it through this. And so just don't stop because God never, God hasn't changed. We are changing, but God does not change. And so I just encourage someone, you know, that disconnection does not mean you are just this awful person and you did something so bad. Don't put that on yourself because once again, you are not meant to carry that. Give it to God. Keep moving forward because that's exactly what the enemy wants is for you to stop, question, worry, and then just stop doing what you're doing. Because once mm-hmm. you stop, then that's when he can sneak in 
do all the things he needs to do to get you off track of God's will. And so just stay the course, keep doing what you know to do. Yeah, I I feel like this right here is going to break some chains for somebody. I really do, because I feel like there are people that are waiting to hear that and they haven't yet and they probably don't even realize it. Um, right. So thank you for that, for you know, being vulnerable to the spirit of God and allowing him to impress upon you um, your words to share. But Katie, thank you so very much for being on the podcast. This was such pleasure. I'm so encouraged. Um, and it's so it's so funny how you mentioned friendships too. And you're talking about friends very briefly because I that is also another conversation in this season of the podcast. So I... I truly know that God was in this conversation and thank you for sharing your heart with us today. I would love it if you can share with us where we can find you and follow you on social media and also your church too. Okay. Um, on Instagram, it is K it's two letters, KT. And then the first five letters of my last name. So it's KT rink. It's kind of funny, but <laughs> that's me on Instagram. And currently, I am being pastored by the Whites in Silsby, Texas. Ben and Christy White, they are a complete godsend. And so um, it's Abundant Life in Silsby, Texas. Um, and I'm just, I'm thankful that I got to be on this podcast. I had such an amazing time talking about this topic, and it's very relevant. So I'm excited. Yeah, thank you so much again, Katie. Thank you. If this episode blessed you, please take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories, tagging at Hello Awesome Live. I would really love that. Also search my name, J.C. Pulford, J-A-C-Y-P-U-L-F-O-R-D on Amazon to buy my devotionals and coloring books. You can also donate to the Ministry of Hello Awesome through my link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash Hello Awesome Live. This will help fund future projects that will benefit the kingdom of God. Until next time, keep your chin up, beautiful.